what's up guys um welcome back to my podcast um where we have random conversations about bullshit um oh, i thought i was i thought i was going out today but i'm not so i uh technically i went out but i am bored so i'm gonna record another podcast um talk about what's been going on in life nothing really um where I just came back from was Publix because I'm trying to get a job and I can't find a job like when I tell you I have applied to 60 jobs I'm not lying actually I've applied to more than that probably around 65 um close to 70 and um been on um, I'm trying to think how many interviews I've been on. One, two... I can't even remember. Where have I interviewed at? A couple different spas, and, um... Yeah, but I applied to Publix, um, a while ago now. Haven't heard anything. So I went in person and I talked to a manager and of course they are not looking to hire anyone else until August. And then I also applied to Aldi, which is like another supermarket that I've never even been inside. But apparently they let their cashiers sit like they're on a chair the whole time. So that would be a lot easier for me um, because of all my fucking back problems. I like can't stand for that long. And um Yeah, so, and then, of course, I just called the number, and it says, uh, it's like an automatic message, and it just says, like, due to our short staff or whatever, um, you have to go online to, like, talk to customer service. I'm like, that's ridiculous. You don't have people working customer service there, but honestly, I've never been to Aldi, so I don't know if they have, like, a customer service counter. I was assuming they had one, because isn't that in, like, every single store, but... Yeah, I just went there, and then I got a coffee, and I just finished the coffee from Dunkin', so I have some energy. So I was like, hey, as I'm yawning, I was like, hey, let's talk. Even though I have to take a shower, and I've just been like, I don't want to do it. But, so yeah, um, how's everybody doing? Um, guys, I'm struggling so hard to get this mole right for, I said mole, I meant mold, with a D, for my new retainers. Um, I'm using this website to get new ones because I've had the same ones for five years and I keep fucking up the top impression one. Of course, I didn't follow the fucking directions, like... I did, but then they kept telling me, oh, this is wrong and that's wrong. And they were like, just take a mold of the top. Like, the ones on the bottom are fine. And, um, of course I fucked it up. And I, like, took another mold of both. Because I was like, well, I if I use the putty, then I'm gonna... It's gonna dry, so I better just use both sides. Which I shouldn't have done. And it moved, and it shifted. So, now they have to send me another fucking, like, more putty to make another mold. And I'm like, dude... I'm over this bullshit, like, but, 
that's what I've been trying to get done. I've had this retainer since I was 15, and a couple weeks ago, like, the corner of it, like, cracked when I was cleaning it. Shit is just literally disintegrating as we speak. So, I need a new one, and obviously I'm not gonna go to a doctor, because, like, I don't fuck with doctors, and I got this at the orthodontist, and it was so much fucking money for this piece of plastic, like... I think it was like three grand, something crazy, you know, and online you can pay a hundred bucks and get one made. Like, so I was like, y'all need to send me more putty or what? Because I fucked this shit up. Like, I'm stupid. Sorry. Um, yeah, like newsflash, I'm not in fucking dental school. I don't know how to make a mold. I don't know how to sit, how to push it in my mouth how to do xyz like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing you know and i literally just shoved it in and let it sit for a couple minutes and they're like oh this moved and the one i did the first time they're like oh the gum line is not captured enough like (sighs) honestly this is what you should be able to do you should be able to send in your retainer somewhere they can make new retainers with the old retainers and send you the new ones back. Like, why isn't there a site for that? Why are we still having to make our own molds? Which I don't understand. Like, I'm just trying to keep my teeth straight. And the dude was like, oh, well, we can send, we can make you two um, bottom, bottom guards. And you don't really need one to fix your teeth. I'm like, no. I selected I want one top, one bottom. That's what I've had for five years. And that's what... I need so that my teeth don't fucking move. I just wear it when I sleep. Um, I used to wear it literally 24-7. I wore it for three months, I think. And the next time I went to the orthodontist, they were like, yeah, just switch to nighttime because you're grinding your teeth and this shit's going to be like, you know, destroyed hella soon. If, um, you know, you... uh you wear it 24-7, which I didn't need to anyway. You really just need to wear it at night. So. Anyway. That's my fucking debacle over here. And I can't find a fucking job. Um. All these fucking musicians and no one's hiring. You know. It's like, why is it up? Like, why is Publix posting a position on Indeed like they have it available? And then when I go in to ask, they're like, Oh no, um, not till not next month. Like everything's full right now. Like, then why do you have a position posted on Indeed? Like, it's probably just for them to get applications. But this is what the common problem is. Everybody's been having this problem. There's so many positions and no fucking jobs or no people to fill the jobs. Like, and the amount of interviews that I've been on and they literally don't even give me the courtesy to tell me, like, hey, we didn't choose you. Um, I don't know if I want to... I don't know if I want to mention the companies that I'm talking about, but... I believe only one of them reached out to me and told me no. The rest of them, like, literally didn't even give me the courtesy to say, hey, like... Thanks for coming in, but we didn't pick you. Like, that is okay. If you don't want me, it's fine. I don't want somebody to hire me that, like, 
doesn't have faith in me. Like, if you don't want me, I don't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I've been on a million interviews now. I know how the shit works. If I'm not right, I'm not right. Whatever. Just give me the courtesy. Send me a fucking email. Just say, we didn't select you. That's all I need. Like, don't lag me on. Like, I can't. And I thought about working at my old company, but they're like 40 minutes away from here. And when I reached out to them, like, they only needed me for like three days. And I'm like, I need a full-time, you know, job. And I'm not doing like an 11-hour shift again. It's too much. Like, I did that at my last job and... It was, I mean, it was hard. And I had to fight for that fucking schedule, too. Like, it was rough. Sitting there for 11 fucking hours. Like, I don't know why I did that. But that's, like, all I did for six months was work. Um, And, which was fine, but, like, and it's not that I didn't like the job or I didn't like the company. It was the communication, coordination, like, when you work with a corporate company, like, everything has to fucking go through them, and they did not fire me, I don't want people thinking they fired me, because they didn't, I just left, because the last thing they did was, like, the last fucking straw was, I was, I had to fight to work 33 hours a week, which is not even a full-time schedule, but I had fought to get the 33 hours, and then corporate, without telling me, cause they did this a cu- many, many times, but the last time they did it, they changed my schedule from 33 hours a week to it went down to 12 hours. And I'm like, dude, that's like two fucking shifts. Like, I can't. I was working Monday, Tuesday. I had Wednesdays off, which I had to, like, fight for. Because um, that's usually when I go to the chiropractor, like, people don't understand like I have like very bad back problems and very bad neck problems because of my posture and I think it's also genetics and I have to go like a lot and I get bad headaches and I think it's because of my fucking spine messed up and I had like two spots like fusing it's a whole fucking thing and I like have to go at least once a week But I, in New York, I went, like, three times a week. In Myrtle Beach, I was going twice. Down here, I go once or twice a week, depending on how I'm feeling. But, like, I had to fucking fight for that. And then I worked Thursday, Friday, and then all day Saturdays. Literally from 9 to 6. 9 to 6, is that right? three hours where did I get the 11 hours from I can't even remember what time we closed like (laughs) during the week it was uh eight but the thing that I didn't like was we had so many clients that would drag shit out like they'd walk in so late or just in the nick of time and it's like dude like we're supposed to be out of here by eight Like, shit's supposed to be closed. So the last fucking appointment, depending on what the service was, I worked at a waxing spa, um, was, you know, 
7.30, somewhere. It depends, you know. Um, or 7.45, like, and people would just, you know, lag it out, take it out, you know. And I liked some of my coworkers a lot, and then there were some that I really didn't like, or there was ones that I liked in the beginning, and then new people were hired and kind of ganged up on, like, me. It's hard, like, when you're running front desk, and I was kind of just thrown into it, like, it was, like, the job that I wanted. It was the type of place I wanted. Like, our place was so cute, um, and... I first was, like, nervous, and then I kind of just jumped into it, and I knew what I was doing. Like, I knew how to book appointments. I knew how much time everybody needed. Like, I knew how to deal with clients. I knew how to answer questions. I knew how to, you know, explain some retail products to clients, and I really, you know, enjoyed it, Um, but when you don't have nice people in the circle or um if you don't have um you know good um direction from corporate like they would just do shit and not tell anybody you know and that pissed me off I think this location in Tampa is franchised which is good I don't think it's through corporate but like I can't you know I might reach out to them again and be like, hey, like, do you need somebody, like, from... But it's so fucking far, you know? It's so far. And they're like, oh, we'll reach out to us again if you want. Like, I might and might do it, but I don't know. Like, the thought of, like, going back to what I was doing, like, makes sense to me. Because I knew what I was doing and I wouldn't need, like, training and, like, I basically trained myself. I watched the front desk girl one day and she ended up getting, like, let go very soon after. I basically just replaced her. And from, like, February to, like, I don't know, maybe three months in halfway was good. Like, it was good. Like, we didn't really have a manager it was just our main, like, waxer girl, like, kind of in charge of things. And it was good. Like, everybody was friendly to each other. And then around the summertime, they hired some, like, not-so-nice people. And, you know, then corporate really started, like, cracking down on us. And it was just too much. There was too many fucking rules. Too much fighting. I just, I couldn't deal with it. Um... And yeah, not that I want to talk about that forever, but I might reach out to them again, but I really just wish they were closer. That's why I kept trying to find a place that was kind of like them that was close. Um, But nobody wants me, so I don't know. And I understand there's a huge gap in my resume and I've only worked one job for six months. I understand that. But when I tell you I quit in November and, like, the next fucking week we were down here looking at houses, we came down, like, three fucking times. Like, from November to, um, we moved here in March, so we were here November and then it was February we were here and then 
March we moved. And the whole time, like, we were focused on moving stuff. So I was not going to be going out and applying for other jobs in Myrtle because what's the fucking point? I'm going to leave. Um, And things happen really quick. And when I tell you I have been applying for jobs since I fucking got here in March, and now it's fucking July, and I still can't find anything. Like, I'm almost tempted to, like, ask my fucking nail place, like, hey, do you need somebody to answer your fucking phones? Like, and I apply to nail salons, too, like, receptionists and shit, and nobody fucking wants me because they see a gap, and I'm like, dude, I swear it was all, like, moving shit, and I've been applying and going on interviews since I got here, and I still can't find anything, but... On another note, we were talking about The Sopranos, of course. And, um, I watched Christopher's death scene the other day, and I was losing my mind. Um, spoiler alert, if you have not watched the show, and if you plan on watching it, skip ahead, but, or if you're not to this part yet. Okay, let me start here. With everything online now, I knew that he died because Tony basically suffocated him, like plugged his nose. But I didn't know why they were beat up and he was choking on blood and all that. They were in a car accident and the car, like the truck fucking flipped and flipped and flipped and flipped. The part I don't understand is why he didn't try to stop him, why Christopher didn't try to stop Tony, but I, maybe his hands were trapped or he couldn't move his body or whatever. I don't know, but he was, like, coughing up blood, so I, he had, like, internal injuries, I guess. I have no fucking idea. It happened so fucking fast. Like, everything, not everything was fine, but in the lead-up to it, like, things were all right. They were talking to the car, but I knew it was coming, But I don't know. I thought, like, he shot him or he beat him up first and then he plugged his nose. But that's not at all what happened. And it was rough. Like, that was rough. Obviously, people are killed off left and right on this fucking show and you get used to it. But most of it, if not all of it, is, like, they just shoot him, you know? That was, like, brutal. That was really brutal because most of the time they're either shot, like I said. There was a couple that were, like, beat to death, which was graphic, but they didn't show it. You know, this was, like, the camera was right there and you were watching him choke on his own blood. And that was fucking rough. Like, and the fucking sounds, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even... It was rough, man. Like, I was, like, in tears. I was like, dude. And here's the thing. I kept thinking, like, because I, I, TikTok spoiled a lot of this for me. I knew Chris dies in the last season. I knew that since I started, pretty much. Um, but I kept thinking, like, oh, he must have really done something. 
he must have done something. I kept saying something, something, like it's one specific thing. And it wasn't. It was all of the buildup that made him just snap and say, this is the opportunity. I can kill him and I can get away with it. And he, he took it. Because he didn't, he didn't just start fucking plugging his nose like the second it happened. Like they rolled, they rolled, they rolled. And then you see him like get out of the car. And Chris kept saying like, I'll never pass the drug test or something. I'll never pass the drug test. Um, that just clicked in my mind. Okay, so he's basically telling Tony that he was doing drugs again, which he was. Which probably sent him over the edge after he said it, but he said it like twice. And Tony got out of the car, was like stumbling around the car, went to his side of the door, smashed the window open. And then he said it again, like, I'll never pass the drug test as he's fucking choking on the blood. And then he like plugs his nose. But you could see him contemplating it like. eh. And the buildup was. Which he basically told um, his therapist without telling her. That's the whole thing. Like, people have asked me. Um, like, my friend Ethan has asked me because I've been telling him about the show. He was like, why doesn't the therapist tell the police that, he, you know, all the shit he's done and... First of all, the police, like, know. They know. But he, like, is buddies with them, first of all. Which is only one aspect of it. The other aspect is that they talk about stuff, but they don't actually talk about it. It's all beat around the bush, indirect. He says certain stuff, and she knows what he means. But he's not coming out and say, I killed this person, I killed that person. He is just insinuating it. Saying it, but saying it, like, indirectly. Um, but yeah, he, he basically said without saying, like, cause after he was killed, he was like, I'm relieved. Like, I haven't been able to tell anybody this. I'm relieved. Like he was going to wrap me out to the feds. And after he said that, then he was like, well, um, you know, I, I've killed friends before. And you just kind of see it kind of click in her face. Like, oh, he's saying that not only did he kill all these other friends, he killed Christopher. But he's not saying it to me directly, but he's saying it without saying it. Like, a lot of the show is saying stuff without saying it, which I love. Like, we talked about scenes that don't have a lot of dialogue that really mean a lot and are written so fantastic, like, that you know what's going on without dialogue. And that's basically what it was. And then, basically, he goes to fucking Vegas after the funeral, hooks up with some other bitch, you know... And, um, they get, like, super high, and he's just like, I killed him, and then he just starts, like, laughing, laughing and laughing and laughing, and then they're, like, high up on the mountain, and he's like, I did it, he's screaming out, like, laughing, it's, and, um, when I've seen comments about, you know, Christopher's death and all that, People were like, that's when, like, season six is, like, when I stopped liking Tony. Then other people were like, I never really liked him after season one. Um, And then people were like, oh, um, 
you know, that's when he showed how truly evil he was when he killed him. Which I agree. I agree. But I cannot sit here and say I'm surprised that he killed him. Number one, I knew. But number two, like, if I was watching it and, like, say I'm watching it when it's airing, right? And there's no TikTok and there's no whatever. And people, you know, see this scene for the first time and they're like, oh, my God, he killed him. Like... It, I feel like even then they would not be surprised because there's so much buildup throughout season six and of season five, like between him and Christopher, that you can see that it's just kind of fizzling out and that he just keeps fucking up. That's basically the theme of season six is Christopher keeps fucking up and Tony keeps like going back and forth in his head like you know, what are we going to do about this? Because he started noticing that Christopher started pulling away from him and, you know, um, and I thought, like, he got really drunk at the bar and he was talking to this screen, you know, writer guy, whatever, this famous guy. I don't know if he's famous. I don't remember, but... And he's an alcoholic, too. And he got drunk. And he's at the guy's apartment. Like, about to literally spill the fucking beans. Again, spilling them without spilling them. But he was drunk. And he was like, you, you remember Adriana? You remember You remember Ralph? He's like, I know what happened. And, like, I could rat these fuckers out. Like, he's... He reached the breaking point, basically. Um, there's a scene where they're at the bar. You know, he's talking a bunch of nonsense drunk. And they're all, like... It zooms in on his face and he's looking, like, staring at all of them, laughing at him. And he realized, like, they're laughing at him, not with him. And after that, like, that's when I knew. But also the buildup, like, Tony, like, as a therapist, he's like, you know, everything I've done for him, like, he doesn't remember it. He hates my guts. You know, this is not the other thing. Like, he doesn't appreciate me, blah, blah, blah. It's a very interesting relationship. And of course you have that great episode of them a couple before where they're saying they love each other. The whole thing is like a fucking roller coaster, man. You just feel like you're on the ride. You're going up and down, up and down. It's like the main reason he killed him is because he felt that he was going to tell people and tell the feds things. As he went and, like, helped the feds with something else, which I thought was a very interesting scene as well, before he, like, helped the feds with something else. That was weird to see. Um, basically to save his ass, but, you know, season six is very, there's times where it's very, very sweet and pure, and other times where it's, most of it is very dark. Um, like, you see Bobby, um, Bacala, like, he goes and, like, kills somebody for the first time. That was a whole fucking scene. Like, that was rough. Um, going to, like, prove himself that, you know, he can step up and... I'm pretty sure Bobby's gonna get whacked soon. I feel like they're literally all gonna get whacked. Um, and I don't have that many episodes left, so... That was rough. The scenes up at the lake house were very, very, like, so good. 
so bad at the same time. Like, the whole fight scene with them, and that was interesting. Um, you know, and they're all drunk, and, like, it's it's something, man. But I've watched, obviously, a lot of people get killed, and... Christopher obviously is like one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. And I was like, you know, people were saying like after that episode, the whole rest of the season changed, like the mood of it. And technically that was the last one I watched. Like the last thing I saw was like him screaming off the mountain. Like... It's not even the action, really, of him killing him that's the worst. It's the fact that he took a vacation after. Is there cheating on his wife again? Which, I mean, we've been new. You know, that's not surprising. But is laughing about it. Like, laughing hysterically that he killed him. Listen. It does not make me hate Tony. I knew it was coming. But I think people probably were shocked by that because that's where they felt like he drew the line, I guess, if there is a line to even draw. I don't feel like there's a line. In my opinion, I anybody that is on the verge of crumbling their whole family that they built is gonna die. I mean, that's the fucking theme of the show, right? You can't have a witness. You can't have... um, You know, like, they killed Vito because he was gay. That whole thing was very interesting to see because I was thinking about the time that, like, this episode would have come out, like, or the couple episodes talking about Vito being gay and him meeting a guy up in New Hampshire and that whole thing. Um... I'm surprised he lived as long as he did, to be honest. Um, That was probably a very brutal death scene. Probably one of the worst ones because they beat him. Which you don't see after a while. You just, like, hear the noise, you know. Um, But, like, them shooting people, like, that's kind of, like, that's, like, standard, you know. And I kept thinking, like, Tony had shot him or something. And he didn't, like, fucking suffocated him, basically, choking on his own blood. That was rough. Um, There's so much chaos in season six. There really is. Like, the whole thing, there's just so many things that led up to his death. Like... Like, his life is, like, so great in the beginning. And then it's, like, he's having an affair. Then he gets back into drugs and drinking. And, you know, he's about to expose, you know, all the kills that have happened to, you know, a random guy or whatever. And, like, that whole scene where he fucking shoots him. Oh, my God. I was, like, not, I was not expecting that at all. Like, that was crazy. Um, 
like I had seen the clip of him like pulling out the gun and stuff from that exact scene. That's not what surprised me. I had never saw who he was shooting at. Like that was because the whole time that was a really powerful scene because he walks in and he's like, I'm losing it, man. He's crying. He's crying and he's so upset. Then you see him get extremely angry saying, you know, I've been ostracized from my family. Like, they don't care about me, blah, blah, blah. Then it's kind of like he's getting kind of, um, I don't know what the word is. I was going to say, like, sly. But, like, he's drunk and he's, like, like, he wants to tell. You know, and he's telling but not telling. Like, and he kept saying, he's like, I'm pouring my heart out to you and you don't care. And he's like, I don't want you to tell me these things. Like, and then finally he screamed at him and he was like, Christopher, you're in the mafia. And at that point, you see him snap back into it being like, oh, fuck. I need to shut up. I really can't tell you anything like that kind of brought him back to reality. And for a second, like he calms down, like he's fine. And then he's walking towards the door. And then he turns around with the gun. And you see the look in his eye like he snapped back into, like, mafia mode. Like, he remembered he's a captain. That type of thing. And. Right. I'm like, that's why he fucking killed. I'm literally just having these realizations. Like, when I'm talking out scenes. I make the connections. Like, I made the connection when I was watching, but I make more of a connection when I just sit and talk about the scenes. He shot him because he snapped back into mafia mode and realized what he had told him. And that's why he shot him, because he said too much, and he knew that if he told anything, they knew that he was the one that told them, and then they would kill him. That's why he shot him, because he was a witness. And I think it was also he just pissed him off. Like. Just so many fucking emotions. And like. A two three minute scene. It's just crazy. That's how the show is though. But. It's wild. Like. <sighs> I don't even know guys. I'm like shook from this fucking show. Um. I just, yeah, that was rough. Like, that scene was just, him dying, I was just like, ugh. Like, that's, I feel like the manner of death was so hard for people, I feel like, when it first came out. It wasn't like, oh, Tony's killing him. Like, that's like his son. Like, why would he kill him, you know? Maybe some people felt that way. Like, there was a line, like, he wouldn't kill him. But I don't feel that way because it was very, from the get-go, when, even when he was getting initiated in, like, season three, I believe, something like that, um, he was like, this comes before everything. Like, and if you, you know, don't, 
give everything to the family, if you disrespect the family, if you don't stay within the family with information or whatever it is, like, you will die. That's basically what it was. Doesn't matter who you are, you know? But it wasn't even, it was just his reaction after that I feel like really fucking messed people up. Because it took me a second to realize what the fuck was going on. I was like, why is he just laughing? And I was like, he's laughing. Thinking, saying that he, like, after he killed him. Like, which is rough. But for me, I realized Tony has multiple layers. And at the core of him, the most important thing is that fucking family. The mafia. And he will do whatever. And anybody will be killed. That is not following the orders. That's the core of him. I think people kind of get wrapped up in like the good parts of him. Because there are good parts of him. You see it in therapy. And one of the best scenes I saw also. I believe it was that episode. Um think it was but anyway he's in with the therapist and he's like after all is shit and done <laughs> after all the crying and complaining and the you know whatever he, he was like is this all there is like you know that was just so powerful and um, that's when I think he's talking about. Because another big storyline that's going on right throughout this is the whole thing with AJ, his son, and him breaking up with the fiance. The fiance left him and he wants to kill himself, and it's a whole thing. And you see him like crying in therapy, like for his son. Um, and. I mean, just think about all the horrible things that he's done and never showed any emotion. But when it comes to his kids, he sits he sits there and cries. But that's what he was talking about. Like, you know, and he's like, all the bullshit. And then he was like, I, he's like, you know what I think? Like, I fucking hate this shit. I hate this therapy shit. Like, he's just, he's having a battle. Like. That whole dynamic, too, where he feels like, you know, why am I here? And, like, before the whole thing with AJ, he was like, you know, because the therapist was like, you know, you keep missing appointments or whatever. And she's like, you need to pick. Like, do you want to be here or do you not want to be here? You know? And then when he came in, he was like, well, I came here to tell you that I'm done. I'm not coming back. And he's like, well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen now because my son is a... Uh, talking suicide like that's and he's like so now I'm stuck here till I die or something like that or I'm in the grave or whatever he said and like it's super interesting I heard a lot of people fucking skip those scenes too the therapy scenes and when I first started watching literally the first scene is like him in therapy you know and watching the show, I'm like, well, how the fuck could you skip that? Like, 
for me, again, I'm nerdy, and I'm like, the fucking, you know, writers and creators made this the first scene for a reason. Like, there is a reason why that's, like, what you immediately are shown is him in therapy. It's to show the other side of him, him the human side. The amount of times that he almost wants to fucking choke out Dr. Melfi, like, literally... <laughs> flips the fucking table you know then he wants to take her out and she's like no and like he's pissed off about that and like he's just a battle constantly in there those are some of the most powerful scenes and basically all it is is them sitting in chairs across from each other in the same room talking but they're so powerful and i'm like how the fuck could anybody dare skip these scenes like that's where you find out the root of everything everything like when he starts out having the panic attacks and like you know passing out and like you, you figure out all that shit in therapy like those are some of the most important scenes so if anybody is watching do not skip the therapy scenes i'm telling you number one you will be confused if you do that because they're so they're such a key to the show like they lead to everything else honestly you have to really pay attention like if you really want to watch this show you have to fucking sit there and absorb every fucking line and action and everything you are shown because everything leads to another thing every single episode is like a movie its own movie like you can't skip one you can't skip a scene like you'll be confused you really will be confused like I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, I mean, not to take away from Christopher's death scene being horrible. Um, I was not surprised by it. Like. I kind I was surprised by his reaction. But also not. I think I'm. I was surprised in the way he did the reaction. Like went to Vegas, got high. Was like with this other girl. Then they're like in the desert and like. He basically went to Vegas to admit it because he can't admit it at home, which I thought was really written really well as well. But, um. Yeah, you know, it's just, and there's scenes before where they're all there gambling, and then he goes out there after he kills them by himself, you know, I feel like that has a lot of symbolism in it, it's just, it's all written so fantastic, I mean, I can't rave about it more, obviously, I mean, I won't sh fucking shut up about it, it's just, <sighs> so good, but I did want to talk about other characters, um, who do I want to talk about first? There's so many. Well, I feel like one of the first other characters you're introduced to is Livia, like, Tony's mom. Um, that whole dynamic is very interesting. <laughs> I mean, she's hilarious. Um, she died when they were, like, still, I think, filming, so they had to, like, kill her off on the show or something. Or she got sick or something. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. But, you know, she passed. And she's fantastic. Was fantastic. Um, their whole dynamic, you know, he basically blames his mother for, like, everything. It all goes back to her. 
And, uh, you know, she's constantly like, his mother reminds me of my dad because, like, he constantly tries to tell her, like, what she did and how it made him feel and all this shit. And he's like, she's dead to me, you know, all that stuff. And, like, (laughs) that's basically the relationship with my dad. Um, She just doesn't realize anything. Like... And he tries to help her so much. Like, pays for her in the nursing home. It's so much money. And, like, you know, does so much for her and was there. And then, um, the whole scenario reminds me of my family. Um, it basically is the relationship between my grandma, my dad and like his siblings or like let's say his his sister he has two half siblings but let's say his sister my aunt okay it's literally the same relationship like my dad is tony my grandma is olivia and janice is my aunt and janice is his sister she's also a riot um but that whole dynamic is exactly the same as my family you have you know, Janice going off and leaving Tony to kind of tend to the mother. And then at some point Janice comes back and, you know, cause she wants the house or she wants money or whatever. And Tony's like, you haven't been here in like 20 years. Like, how dare you come back here and act like, you know, you're best friends with her and you love mom when she drove you crazy and you left, you know, and I was stuck to pick up the pieces and the slack and pay for everything. And, Make sure she was okay and blah, 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 blah. And that's exactly the situation with my family. Um, Not really my aunt. I'm thinking of my other aunt. But honestly, my dad was the closest with my... Well, close is not really the best word to describe it. But, I mean, they fought constantly. But he was closest in a sense, like, helped her with everything financially you know took care like all of that he like did for her like he never really left even though his other siblings have like xyz you know beef with her or had beef with her and then a lot of them when she was gonna pass came back and tried to act like um basically just came back to get what was owed to them like they had walked away for 20 years and came back and they thought they were going to get a big ass check out of the will or something i'm talking about my family right now but this is also the this is the storyline in the sopranos like this is exact i mean i from the second i figured out what the situation with his mom and his sisters and shit like that i was like i was looking in a mirror i was looking at my own family you know it was the same thing and um that's just why I relate to it so well. It was the same fucking scenario. Um, and that really pissed me off. Which I don't really talk about much. But. You know. There was stuff that I was supposed to get. I'm not talking about money. I don't give a fuck about money. And my grandma was not a millionaire. She did not have millions to give. The you know amount of money that she had. Was given to her husband. And then like. 
well, technically they weren't married anymore, but, like, and, um, my cousin is supposed to get the house or something so that she has money, like, to live on at some point when she reaches a certain age. Like, that's pretty much all that was in the will. I'm talking about, like, she wanted to give me, somebody told me, I'm trying to remember, but I don't that she wanted to give me, like, certain pieces of jewelry, you know? And I'm telling you, if I would have gotten her earrings that she wore every fucking day, I would wear them every day. I probably wouldn't take them out. Like, those were, like, everything to her. Her best friend got her those. Or they might have been her best friends, and then she gave them. Either way, I know they're from her best friend. And... She, those were her earrings. Like, that's, like, the only one she wore. And I wanted those so badly, like, just to have something, you know? And little do I know, my aunt is there. Like, let's call her a half-aunt, because she is, right? I mean, like, goes and takes fucking everything. Like, I didn't get anything. All I have of hers are two of her jackets that were hers and I ended up kind of like taking from her she was like they look better on you you can just keep them I'm glad I kept them because that's like all I fucking have you know I basically have nothing and the thing I'm really happy that I have which people are gonna be like what the fuck I have her tweezer which you know people are like huh she like tweezed her eyebrows every day with those tweezers. And she said like she was like, These are the best tweezers. Mine are better than yours. And I'm like, Yeah, right, sure. Like we'd argue argue about the tweezers being better or whatever. And I have her tweezers. And Yeah, I took those real fast because, you know, it's just something to have that she held every single day. And um yeah, like, I don't have anything, you know? And it fucking sucks. Like, all these fucking people that want to come back, you know, when somebody's dying just to get their fair share. Like, I just... And people are like, why don't you talk to your family? Well, this is why, because they're all fucking snakes. Like, how dare you come back after 20 years and, like... You know, I bet she fucking sold her jewelry, too. I bet it's gone. I'd be shocked if she still has it. Like, it's just so frustrating. Because, like, she was she was literally in my life for 17 years every single damn day. Like, you know, was like a second mother. And one of her daughters goes away, you know, decides she hates her. Which... Hey, that's your thing. Like, if you don't want a relationship with your mother, I don't care. That's not my freaking business, to be honest. Like, I never was like to my grandma, well, why don't you talk to um, this kid or this kid or this kid? You know, whatever. Like, I know they have their own beef, and that's their beef to have. You know, if you don't want to talk to your parent, I mean, exhibit A, hello, look at me. I haven't talked to my dad in, like, three fucking years. Like... That's not the problem. It's that 
you come back when she's dying and, like, take everything. Like, it just drives me nuts. You know? And, um... It's also, it's horrible when these people try to give you advice when, like, they can't even take their own advice, you know? I didn't mean to get into a rant about my own family, but... I just... This person called me up, like, two years ago and was trying to give me advice on, like, the relationship with my dad and, like, my other aunt and, like, all the stuff. And I'm like, dude... Like, you haven't talked to me at all. Basically has wanted nothing to do with me because of who my dad is, which is fine. It's fine. Like, I could care less. I know how my dad can be. I can understand why you would not want a relationship with him. I understand. I don't give a fuck if you don't want to talk to him. Like, that's not the issue. Like, does anybody else have this problem? Like, where family members, like, want to, like, preach to you? Like, I... I just can't stand it. Like, and obviously, I did not say fuck you on the phone. I was very polite to her. Explained my situation and my reasons for my relationships that have nothing to do with this person. Like, at all. And I'm like, newsflash, you haven't talked to him or, like, your other sister. And, like, like, what are you talking about? Like, how dare you, like, call me and be like... Oh, well, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Like, or you shouldn't post that or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, how do you even have my phone number? Like, I didn't even remember, like, I was just, but yeah, man, the amount of people that took shit that, (sighs) and there are some that feel extremely guilty. Like, I'm sure they all do. They're all sitting in their misery. My dad being one of them. They should all feel guilty. But also, that's hypocritical for me to say. Which I acknowledge that. Because, you know. I'm basically saying, like, how dare they, um, you know, not have a relationship with their parent and then like you know want to come back and they feel guilty now after she passed that they didn't have a relationship with her and I'm like dude that's on you I'm sorry but like here's the thing if my dad died tomorrow first of all I don't think I would find out who's gonna tell me literally who's gonna tell me if my dad dies like if my dad's girlfriend dies before him I don't think I'd find out that he's dead to be honest with you cause no one like I don't talk to him and like no one in the family talks to him so like how am I gonna know if he dies but anyway if he were to die I wouldn't be like oh well um or I wouldn't show up at his deathbed and be like you know dad I just I, I love you you know um but we really need to discuss this will. Like, how much money are you getting? Like, what? No. I don't even know if I'm in my dad's will, to be honest with you guys. I have no idea. I feel like I'm not. 
Isn't that sad? Like, I feel like I'm not that I feel like I'm owed it because we don't have a relationship anymore. So honestly, like, here's the thing, though. If I was him and, and he were me or like whatever, not even if he were me, but I would still put my child in the will because it's my child. And like, I would still take care of my child in death. Like, we don't have to have a relationship in life. But, like, when I'm dead, you know, <laughs> you know, I I would still, I would put my child in my will. You know? I wouldn't put my fucking boyfriend in my will. Or husband would. Like, that's, that's a different story. I watch too much murder. You know, like, life insurance. Like, that's where my head goes, you know? But... I would take care of my kid in death. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You know? And, um... But honestly, my grandma didn't do that shit because all her kids are greedy. For the most part. Almost all of them. Like, they all think everything's owed to them. You know how many of them are still pissed off that they didn't get a million dollar check after she died? I'm like, are you serious? Like... How about the fact that you were gone for 20 years and, like, didn't have a relationship with her? You think she's going to put you in her will? I'm sorry, but... Listen, I'm speaking for my grandma right now. She would not... She did not do that, and she would not do that because she didn't take people's crap. And if she felt like it, what you, you... You know, you didn't deserve it, you weren't getting it. You know? Instead, her mind was... Her grandchildren, like, and I'm not even talking about me, but it's just, you know, they all sit around and complain, and it's just like, dude, how about the fact that, like, you barely talk to her, and, like, which is fine, you know, but I feel like this happens in families a lot, and I don't know, I just wanted to share my own fucking experience, because... It's fucking frustrating when you're literally, I mean, my grandma was like my second mother. We talked like we were friends. Like I've talked about this before, but she knew all of my friends. She knew everything I was up to. I asked her about her life. Like I would sit there and we would just talk, you know, she'd tell me about something that happened 50 fucking years ago. And I'd be all ears. I'd be like, yeah, how'd you grow up? Um, you know, this, that, the other thing, where'd you work? Um, like I wanted to know about her life. And a lot of people didn't give a fuck, like, at all, you know? Like, and that just is so, you know, the whole thing's bullshit. I mean, that's why I just, I can't stand most of the side of my my dad's family because they all just want what they want for themselves, you know? And it's like... Sorry, I literally keep scratching my nose. It itches so bad. Oh, my God. Allergies, guys. Horrendous. Can you hear it in my voice? Took two Mucinex, two Benadryl, Flonase up the nose a million freaking times. I still sound like this. I mean, seriously, what's going on? It's like 90, 95 degrees here today. Every day. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean... You know, to have her daughter come in and take all the shit. Like, that 
she wanted to give to me, you know? And I don't need any money. Like, I knew I wasn't getting money. I'd take a ring. I'd take earrings. I'd take anything she wore, you know? And I would cherish that and wear it all the time. So, yeah, it's it's freaking frustrating. I mean, seriously. Like, not to, like, turn this into my family, but I was just talking about the dynamic on The Sopranos. Is I feel like I relate to it so well because I'm literally looking at my family, like... You know, it's just, and my mom's side of the family is so opposite. Like when my, when her mother was sick, they were all, I mean, they all were, had a good relationship with her, even when they didn't live so close, you know, a lot of them lived far away and still do. And like, still, you know, we're flying in and helping her. Like my dad's side of the family, it's just like, they all showed up to just get what they wanted and left. It's just like, you know, I just can't stand that shit, and it pisses me off, you know, the way that they, um, kind of, like, sat around and were waiting for her to die, and I'm like, seriously? How is this comfortable for her? Like, you all are just, like, here in her house, waiting, like, honestly, I feel like she would have freaking live longer if all of them weren't swarming like freaking vultures like seriously that's what makes me mad like I don't know if she'd still be here today anyway because her health was she had a lot of health problems her whole life um and she did have pancreatic cancer but I don't know. I just don't like... I didn't like the way things were handled. And... uh, I was 17... When she passed. And like... I'm 20 now. And I'm just like looking back on things. And like... Realizing the shit that went on that shouldn't have gone on at all. But it's like, you know you're 17, like, shut up, like, and you're not her child, shut up, and it's like, really, I'm more of her child than any of you people were the last 20 freaking years, or 30, whatever the hell, you know, you people just show up when you want, and it's just, like, drives me up the wall, but at least she told me I'm her favorite, I knew that already, (laughs) She told me that when she was alive. And I heard it in the reading. So. I knew I was because. I like. I enjoy talking to older people. And people from my generation. Don't give a fuck about older people now. You know. They just don't. That's one thing my dad and I have in common. Apparently my mom said he. Always talked to older people like he always wanted to listen to what they had to say and I'm very like that too like I like another person that should go unnamed um really couldn't give a fuck about my grandma didn't like talk to her and I kept thinking like dude you know, she's, like, 80 years old. Like, 
how much more time do you think? And she had a lot of freaking health problems. I mean, people thought she was she was gonna freaking pass like ten years ago. I'm telling you, like, for me, I just felt like it's not yet. You know, like she has a lot more life in her, which she did, but couldn't give a fuck. Like, and now you look back and you're, and a lot, all of them are like, oh, I I really should have talked to her. Like, we really should have had conversations. Like. She told me stuff to, like, she didn't tell anybody else, you know? And, like, I have that. I mean, I, I wish I would have, um, like, when people die, you know, you look back and you're like, ugh. I should have done this and I should have done that. And really everybody in my, my mom's side of the family, basically, like, everyone's dead. Not her siblings. Only one of her sisters passed, but, um... Beyond that, everyone else is, like, dead. Her mom's brother is still alive, though. He's, like, 85 years old or something like that. I don't know. That guy, I feel like he's going he's gonna to live until he's 100. Like, I'm serious. That guy goes on bike rides. He's, he's in it, man. He's rolling. He's healthy, man. Um, and uh, But he's pretty much the only one left on her side. My side, too. Literally, everybody's dead, you know? Like, because I was born kind of late, you know? And, like, I never met either of my grandpas. Which, apparently, the grandpa on my, my dad's dad is, was an asshole. So, uh, you know. Technically, though, I met him because uh, he was sitting on my mantle. For 15 years when I lived in that house. Him and his mother both sitting there in freaking boxes. You know, ashes. That's a weird fucking concept. Nobody wanted their ashes. See a reoccurring theme here? <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. Everybody's dead, you know? I just... I remember either of them. Um, I never met a lot of people. So really the only deaths that I've experienced in my family, the first one was my, my mom's mom, my grandma. Like we were, we were, um, not that close because she lived in South Carolina. Like, and I only saw her like when we went down, you know, or when she came up, which wasn't a lot, um, and then um, my mom's sister died, like, I think two years after, two or three. I don't know if she died in 2017 or 2018, somewhere around there. I think it was 2017. I mean, that was kind of like, I mean, it was weird. Like, you don't really expect your parents' siblings to pass that early, but she had a lot of health problems as well. They think she had, like, a heart attack or something. I don't even um, and, I mean, the only, like, services I've been to are for my mom's mom, which was literally just awake, like, because she was cremated, um, and then, uh, my grandma, my other grandma, that was probably, there's just so many things that I wish were not done and said during that freaking service, like, and it's not my place to say that, but 
you just look back on things and you're like, wow, that was messed up, or we should have done that instead of this, or, like, we shouldn't have allowed that, or, like, yeah, that was scarring. Don't get me wrong, she's buried somewhere beautiful. Beautiful. You know, she got exactly what she wanted, a natural barrier, she, buried burial I said barrier I don't know what the fuck I'm saying and um you know her brother's ashes were put at her feet which is what she wanted obviously we did exactly what she wanted um but there was stupid shit that was said like yeah it's an odd thing to Barry, um, well, anybody, but I don't think people understand, like, a natural burial, well, I didn't understand either, when I got there, I don't know, like, they didn't even, she was, she did not want to, sorry, this is, like, morbid, but I don't know, I just wanted to, she wasn't in, um, a coffin, she was just wrapped in, um, I was going to say a sheet. I mean, I don't think that's the right word, but it was a white kind of cloth. That's freaking rough. Like, my mind had no time to process what was going on, and then I was there. And I still, I didn't really feel like I was in my body. I didn't really feel like any of it was real, because, like, I was like, what do you mean? I saw her a week ago. Like, and she was, like, happy, but... Apparently, I've seen a lot of, like, hospice nurses on TikTok, and they're like, yeah, like, a week before they get, they're in, like, good spirits, and, like, you feel like they're getting better. Apparently, that's that's something that happens right before someone passes. I didn't know that. It would have been nice to know that at the time, because my dumb self was like, oh, she's fine. She's fine. And then, like, a week later, she was really not fine, and, of course, my brain's like, oh, she'll be all right, you know, and, like... Yeah. Just not the way I wanted things to go. Obviously, you know, no one wants anybody to die. Like, especially, like, family members and stuff. But, like... You see... Like, at this service... We, um... She was put in the ground... And then we put, uh, like, flowers on her and stuff, and they put the ashes in. From what I remember, I mean, honestly, it's very fuzzy. It's really fuzzy, and it feels like it was a dream and, like, it didn't happen. It feels like it's not reality, to be honest. Like, I still feel like she's alive. Like, and just we haven't talked. Like, that's what it feels like. But... And then the family is allowed to... Um put the dirt back on top apparently which literally I was expecting we go there well first of all I thought I was not going to be able to like see the outline of her body but I I did see it because it's just a cloth so that freaked me out honestly I was freaked out I was not happy to be there if I'm being honest because I had never done anything like that no one had ever really died that close to me and like 
for some reason, I thought she was going to live till like 102, you know, and someone else was going to die or something before. Like, but we, um, we put the dirt back on. Which I'm not really sure why. But I think uh, my uncle was kind of the one that was kind of leading that because he he was the one that was like came back and tried to build up a relationship with her again. And they were on really good terms and he was really trying and everything happened really, really fast. And like, you know, he was upset, but he felt like he had to, I guess, you know, do it for her. And, uh, he, you know, cause they were like the funeral home people, they were like, oh, well, you know, the, the person from the cemetery will finish it. Like you guys don't have to do it. And like everybody was doing it. That was something interesting to see. Like, I'm telling you, I was, I was kind of standing there. Like, obviously I was upset, but I was just like. It felt like it wasn't real. I don't, I don't know if anybody's been to a natural burial, but usually when you go to a funeral, they don't let you put the dirt back on. You see the casket go in the ground, you pray, you know, and then you leave. And this is something completely different. Obviously, I had no idea what it was and what they were planning on doing and anything. Um, and, yeah, they... I feel like she... When we were doing it, though, I kind of was just like, she's laughing right now because you all are literally, like, burying her. Like, you all are working. And all these people, like, and there was people there that, uh, there wasn't, like, a ton of people, but there was people there that I did not know. Or, like, some came from, um, they owned a restaurant and some of them came from the restaurant and... One of the guys was like, I looked over and he was like, she always had me working. And he's, you know, putting the dirt in, but he's laughing. And I'm like, she's laughing at you. Like she, you know, this is totally like, this is totally her. Like she'd want all of us standing around, like bearing her putting in work, you know, no one else is going to do it. That's how she was like. And I, I did it. I helped, even though it was very difficult for me. I kind of just disassociated myself. I kind of told myself, like, she's not in the body anymore, you know? Like, I kind of kind of thought of her, like, kind of standing off to the side watching, laughing. Like, you know, we're, we're burying her physical body, but we're not, you know, her spirit is already gone. And she's looking down laughing. Like, that's what I thought about. I feel like that's advice I would give to people, like, if... I know people don't always believe in God or an afterlife or whatever. And I'm kind of, like, neutral on all that. Like, I know there's something. Like, in my opinion, I think I think there's something. Like, all the, all the paranormal shows I watch, I know there's something. I don't know if it's, like, you get to the gates and, like, Jesus is there and, like, all that crap. Like, I don't know. I mean... You know, but I definitely feel better knowing that I had the reading and that she's there with her parents and her brother 
she loved her brother, and, you know, I never met him, and he was a, he was a cool guy, um, that's what I wish I had, I wish I had the picture of them together, I really want that picture, and it's at someone's house, maybe they can make me a copy or something, but, freaking ice machine, man, it's loud as hell, Guys, my nose is like, ugh. So clogged right now. Holy crap. I wasn't even crying. I didn't really cry about her that much. Sometimes, but like, you know, it's just... You know, she... She suffered a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. She had a lot of freaking health problems. You know, she always had problems breathing. Like she had COPD. She smoked for forty years, and she had breast cancer at one point, and like just everything. You know, so I felt like when she finally passed, I was like, "She's all right. She can breathe again." You know, she she looks like she did when she was younger, and she's with her brother, and you know that's kind of. You know, what What you kind of just have to tell yourself. Um, you know, I just, I thought about my other grandma with her husband. Um, and um, then when, when um, her, uh, my mom's, my aunt died. Um, you know, I thought about her with um, her parents. You know, and that's, that's comforting. I think that that really, uh. You know. But it's rough when you're 17 years old and you're throwing dirt on the body of your grandma. Like, it's not, it's not a, it's rough. You know? I mean, everybody thinks about that moment with their grandparents and, uh. All of my grandparents are gone now. You know, it's just... But there's pictures all over this apartment of them. So I feel like they're... They're still here. Like, everybody's watching. Like, you know, it's, um... This clock that you hear go off in the background. A lot of my TikToks and... TikToks. Podcasts. Um, my grandpa my mom's dad uh built a clock made a clock for her it was a wedding present and that shit has never worked like (laughs) forever um she finally like got it like fixed but I don't know if it's been working properly again since we moved but it has like never worked and It's just funny, because I feel like there's, like, a bunch of pictures of him right next to the clock that she has that I'm looking at right now, and, like, I just feel like he's laughing every single time it goes off. I'm like, all right, hey, Kel. Like, um, I feel like he's just messing with us. Like, of course, he made something that never freaking works. It hasn't worked for years. And, like, but you still, every time I hear the chime, I think of him, even though we never met, you know? But... 
I feel like he knows who I am, at least. Um, you know, I hope so. And, um... Yeah. Oh, probably hear me itching my nose like crazy, you guys. Of course, I got a text and, um... Okay, nothing important. (laughs) Cute, cute. Anyway. Yeah, so... But, um... Yeah, I feel like we get signs from people, you know? I feel like people are around... Um... Yeah. And I feel like, uh, we get a lot of stuff from people. Like, we used to see license plates and, uh, stuff like that, but... Basically, the dynamic of my family is, you know, literally like the Sopranos. And I feel like that's why I relate to it so much. They're also all from Sicily. And, um, a little lesson in this before I go take a shower and literally it's a out of my nose. Oh my god. It's so clogged. Um, my great-grandfather was from Sicily um, his name was, um, Alfonso, and, um, he came through Ellis Island, I think he was seven, seven, I believe, it was either seven or seventeen, and, um, they changed his name to Al when he came through Ellis Island, and, um, yeah, he met, um, my grandma's mother and um ah this is why I wish I recorded conversations with her because I don't remember her name I feel like her name mm, I don't know what her name was it might have been Margaret or something because she named one of her daughters that but I don't remember and, uh, she died pretty young. She had, like, a massive heart attack when she was, like, I think she was, like, 54. And my grandma, like, never freaking got over that. Like, you know. It was interesting because when I had the reading with Chip, he talked, he said, what's the deal with the seamstress? Or, um like a tailor or someone making clothes and I'm like I think her mother used to make clothes but you see I never even met her mother and he's bringing up that she made clothes and I'm like well I believe she used to make their clothes um because she had six siblings and uh it's odd that like she has all these other siblings and I don't even know if they're alive I know one of her sisters is alive I think her other brother is alive. I would really like to find her sisters her or her other siblings. I don't know if they're alive, though. I'm going to have to look and see. Maybe I'll reach out to her sister and ask. But she didn't, like, have a good relationship with uh, her siblings. 
But, um, yeah, I'd love to reach out to them and see. Because I don't know. I don't really know anybody's name. Like, I'd like to know, though, you know? But probably a lot of, maybe some of them have died. Probably. I'm thinking. Because I think a lot of them are older. It's weird. There's so much in, like, families that we just don't know. And we should know. A lot of people don't care, though. But I'm like, it's super freaking important. Because, like, I wouldn't fucking be who I am if my great-grandfather didn't come from Sicily. And, like, The Sopranos, it's all Sicily. So I love that. That's a big plus for me. They're all from Sicily. Um, And Sicily's goat. Like, Sicily's like, yes. The place to be. I really wonder if I have family there still. I probably do. I feel like I would have family there. Because if he had any siblings, you know, they had kids and kids, you know, all that. I feel like I have people there. Same with Ireland. I, I know we have people there, but I've never been, obviously, to... I've never left the country, so... But I should, you know? Um, I just fucking hate flying. Can't stand it. It's the worst. Like, ugh. But, um... Guys, I'm gonna rip my nose off. Oh my god. I need to use my Navage. But, um... I'm trying to think about what else. I feel like that's all I wanted. I don't Well, not even that I had anything planned. I was just rambling, but... I wanted to talk about The Sopranos, and but I don't want to just talk about The Sopranos, because, like, people, if there's people that haven't even seen it, you know, they wouldn't find it interesting, but I feel like everyone has heard of it, though. You know, at least. But. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll try to reach out to one of her siblings and see what the hell's up. You know? <clears throat> it's kind of odd, though, because her sister looks just like her. Like, they literally look fucking identical. Like, it's kind of scary. Like, I feel like I'm looking at her. Like, but she never... She wouldn't talk about her siblings, really. Because they all wanted nothing to do with the brother because he was gay and... Yeah, you know, um, which I don't really like, obviously, um, but, you know, I don't think it's a matter of, like, holding grudges anymore, like, I've, I follow her sister, I think, and, like, her sister doesn't know me, so, like, I mean, she might know who I am, I think, but I've never met her, you know, I don't think, I don't remember meeting her, um, yeah, she only talked about her siblings a couple times because she didn't hold them in high regard, you know. It wasn't like, uh, I just wish, we had a really, we had a really deep conversation, um, I think like a year before she passed, somewhere around there, and she told me all this shit, like, and I just wish I recorded it. 
that's my advice. Like, if you still have your grandparents alive or, like, anybody, if you talk to them, record your conversations because you're going to want that stuff later in life. You know, there's a lot that I wish I could ask her and I don't have the answers to, you know? And I feel like that's what I recommend to everybody is to, you know, really talk to your grandparents and, like, find out about your family, you know? And, yeah, I wish I would have recorded stuff. I really recommend, like, bringing a recorder and just recording your conversations because there's stuff that I really want answers to or stuff that I forgot and, you know, I don't have her here telling me. So you can't remember everything and, you know, it's good to have it on record and I wish I had it on record, but... Yeah, guys, we'll talk more in a bit. I need to go fix my nose here. My allergies are just horrendous. This heat is pollen. I can't... It's not as bad as Myrtle Beach. I'll give it that. But it's still bad. The heat is worse here, but the allergies are better here. Which is weird, but I don't know. I feel like Myrtle Beach is like polluted and shit now. It's not like it used to be. But thank you guys so much for being here and listening to me ramble about a bunch of bullshit. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Um, in the meantime, I'm on TikTok primarily, Olivia M's vlogs. Might get back on the YouTube scene. You know, I have a video I've been sitting on for a while. I just don't have the energy to edit it. But I might send it to my friend Ethan and he can do it for me because I'm lazy. And he was like, I'll do it. And I'm like, do you really want to do that? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Obviously, I'll let you guys know if I post a YouTube video. If I do, though, he's going to be the one to edit it. All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you.